Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the third chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. John said to the crowds that came out to be baptized by him, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath that is to come? Bear fruits worthy of repentance. Do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our ancestors. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the axe is at the, lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown to, into the fire. And the crowds asked him, What then should we do? In reply, he said to them, Whoever has two coats must share with anyone who has none. And whoever has food must do likewise. Even tax collectors came to be baptized, and they asked him, Teacher, what should we do? He said to them, Collect no more than the amount prescribed to you. Soldiers also asked him, And we, what should we do? And he said, Do not extort money from anyone by threats or false accusation, and be satisfied with your wages. And the people were filled with that expectation, and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John whether he might be the Messiah. John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear the threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary. The chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. So with many other exhortations, he proclaimed the good news to the people. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, Christ. You all may be seen. I invite your children up. The, I was asked this week how I come up with sermon titles. Sometimes it's a catchy slogan that I'm just trying to spark some controversy and get people into church. Sometimes I just read through the gospel and find a verse that really speaks to me. That's how this one came up. What should we do? And at the time, I thought it was a, a really interesting question. But after this week, especially after the week, after the events on Wednesday night, it has taken on a whole new meaning. What should we do after an in, innocent woman who was shot in the face during a robbery attempt or across from our, from our sacred place of worship? What should we do now? I've experienced a lot of emotions this week. Fear, anger, doubt. But around 10.30 p.m. on Wednesday night, I was, I was worried. I was worried that the community that I've come to love and call home has been see- is being seen as a, as a hopeless cause. What should we do then? And for some, they have decided that what we should do is leave. That we give up, that we throw in the towel. But I say to those who want to leave, have you ever met Jesus? Have you heard of the man who was dead for three days? A hopeless situation, yet when God showed up, that hopeless situation turned into great joy for the, all the world. To those who say we're a hopeless cause, a hopeless town, a hopeless people, I say, have you met Jesus? I say you're wrong. God took our hopeless situation on Wednesday night and turned it into a situation where people from all over Martinsburg came together the next night to pray for Guadalupe Bastilos, to pray for our town, to pray for our citizens and to shine brighter than the evil that tried to take over our community. God showed up. And look what happened. And isn't this what Advent's all about? Getting ready for God to show up? Well, God showed up. 
And we are stronger now than we were ever before. After the prayer vigil, the owner of Habaneros, he's a really great guy, and their chicken is to die for, um, by the way, um, came over and talked to me and asked if there was a way that I could get in touch with Guadalupe's family to tell them that they had put out a jug to collect funds to help pay for Guadalupe medical bills. Jason from Uncle Joe's Barbershop, he wants to organize volunteers from the business community to make sure her store, Guadalupe's store, stays open and stays in our community, or at the very least, pay for those, her perishable food items. We spoke truth to power. We spoke a word of hope, while at the same time we called out the violence, the drugs, the problems of poverty facing our community. We pulled a John the Baptist. And talk about a man who wasn't afraid to speak truth to power. You brood of vipers who warned you to flee from the wrath that is to come. I wish I was that bold to say that sometimes. So I'd probably get fired or... John did get beheaded, so it didn't end so well for him. John lays out the leaders of the temple and tells them that they can't solely rely on their lineage for salvation. That salvation won't come if they continue to oppress and silence the grace of our Lord from, whom, from the people whom they have been called to serve. John's words sound harsh, and maybe they are. But so were my words on Thursday night. I called out those who call our town a hopeless cause. I called out those broods of vipers who use violence to oppress and scare innocent people. I called out Clyde Patterson's actions as wrong, but I also called everyone gathered outside our doorsteps to pray for him. Because our Lord commanded us to love our enemies as much as we love ourselves. And this message is not easy for us to handle or hear. Did any of you catch the newscast on Thursday night from WDVM? Of the three-minute story that they gave to us, about ten seconds was dedicated to our vigil. And they didn't even show or play anything that was said that night. The rest of the time was talking about the shooter and how the people are afraid to come downtown. The cancellation of two dinner reservations got more coverage than the 80-plus people who showed up on our street corner in front of our church with candles in their hands to light the night and the Word of God on their minds and lips. Fear is contagious, my brothers and sisters, but so is hope. Nobody else is able to, nobody else is equipped to do this vital work that we have been called here to do. We want everyone else to do our work. We want the schools to teach our children to pray. We want the news media to proclaim the gospel. I say no more. I say we take our rightful place in this community and do the work that we have been called, equipped, and sent here to do. We must be the proclaimers of the gospel. We must be the light shining in the darkness. We must be the ones who speak truth to power. We must be the ones who say, yes, our community has its problems. It's not perfect. But we are a community that comes together to pray for our neighbors, who support one another in our time of grief, and who reminds everyone that Christians do not run away and hide. What should we do? We'd be the proclaimers of hope. And I want to propose something kind of radical this day, as radical as we get for Lutherans, anyway. <laughs> this past week has inspired me that I think we need to change our mission statement in the church. I think our mission statement is a good one, but I think the Holy Spirit is leading us in a different direction. I think our new mission statement should be simply proclaimers of hope. Plain and simple, the rest that we do will just fall into place.
Because that's what our community needs this day. We need to be a little bit like John and speak truth to power. And the, power, and the proper way you speak truth to power is by always grounding your message in hope. But not illusionary hope. I took a vow when I was ordained to never do this. Providing the world real hope means you call a thing what it is. For we're theologians of the cross, first and foremost. We call out the ugly and still show the love. We say the cross is an awful form of death and torture, while simultaneously we cling to it for its life-giving results. We do not confuse my words, though, as a, as a rally cry, though, for more violence. Because the scripture and history tells us violence only begets more violence. Violence only creates and bears more violence. And in some ways, John's prophecy, I think, is a tad bit wrong. John has this vision of someone coming who is more powerful to take over where he will leave off. John says, I'm not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. John is imagining someone of great importance, high stature, untouchable by humankind. He goes on to prophesy his winnowing fork is in his hand to clear the threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Yet how does Jesus become a king? By a cross. He eats with tax collectors and sinners. His winnowing fork doesn't really seem to exist as it appears by John. Instead, the fork that he bears turns into a cross. And the only thing that was cleared away was his disciples running away in terror, denying even to know him to others as he stood on trial and was eventually convicted of crimes he never committed. My words today and on Thursday night are not that we need more violence that we need sacrifice. And we need people who are willing to lay down their life for their neighbor. We need more people who are willing to stand up and pray for our community and the people who call this place home. And we need more people to not run away in fear, but stand firm. Losing hope is not what Christians do. In fact, losing hope is exactly what the devil wants us to do so that he can take over and move in. We need to speak truth to power. We need to say that the events on Wednesday nights were a tragedy, but we are not going to let the shooting of an innocent woman define us. This is the season of Advent. And we are getting ready for God to come into our world. And thankfully, Christmas showed up a little bit early. God showed up Wednesday night. God showed up when the first responders saved Guadalupe's life. God showed up when the police officers found their shooting. God showed up when the 80-plus people prayed for her health and her community that she loves. And we are witnesses to that. We are the proclaimers of the hope that God, said, that God that says God is present, that God loves this place, and that evil has not, and will not, and never will win.